0: BlueNile.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know that I'm working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm -hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes. I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll- Bachelor? uh, That book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will Mm. sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland.
1: As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains-like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin.
0: R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's It's the the Game of Roses. Welcome to to the the Game game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of roses. Roses.
1: I don't want the target at me, but I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Someone win? Or have drama. I mean, we're in a competition. I'm here to win. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case.
0: This is Bachelor Clues. And today is January 25th. That means it is second Christmas, which means today our book comes out. Wow. Wow. That was an intense one.
1: That was my guttural celebration of second Christmas.
0: Oh, that's pretty good. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm very happy too. <laughs> and we can't thank everyone enough who's already pre-ordered how to win The Bachelor. And hopefully we will be able to share our joy of being on the New York Times bestseller list with everyone. Maybe. I don't know. It's still possible by the end of this week. Yes. It doesn't look likely, but it is possible. <laughs>
1: Little journey into the numbers clues. Let's you know, we had these contests that have been going for the last few months uh to see if we could get our pre-sale goal to guarantee a New York Times bestseller. Let's see where we are in the pre-sales right now to end the contest. Looks like we are at 30.67% of our goal.
0: <laughs> we almost made it. We got to 30%, not quite 100. And as some of you may know, we had an ongoing contest for everyone in the pit that required you to do nothing but just be in the pit with us. And if we Mm -hmm. got 25% of our stated goal, we were going to release a song called Bottom of the Pit, which we did a couple of weeks ago.
1: Yes, we loved it.
0: Many people loved it. And we got some good covers, which hopefully we'll be playing here in the next week or two. But uh, then we had 50%. Pace Case and I were going to go to the mansion itself and do an Instagram live from the shadow of the mansion, ask questions and try to sneak around.
1: Did we hit that goal? No, we will never do an Instagram live from the shadow of the mansion. That's correct. What was our next
0: goal? 75% we were going to, you and I, we're going to do a Huju competition against one another. And we were trying to recruit anchors for that endeavor as we spoke, or at least when we began this contest, but we did not hit that number.
1: Mm-hmm. Never going to see a Huju contest. And what was going to be our 100% goal clues?
0: At 100%, we had something secret planned. We told you that we couldn't tell you what it is or what it was. And we're going to tell you now. Even though we did not hit 50%, 75%, or 100% of our goal, Mm -mm. we're still going to do (laughs) the top prize, which is a Game of Roses live show that we'll be doing out here in LA at some point in the future. We're working on it now. And... Uh, I think it'll be a, a real fun, interesting thing. It's going to be kind of like a... I don't even want to give too much away about what it is. It'll be a very fun experience if you like our show and you can make it out to this.
1: It will be hilarious. I think everyone in the pit should just start moving to L.A. now just to prepare.
0: <laughs> okay. I don't know if it's uh, going to be that good. We're
1: going to make the L.A. icons take over. Actually, let's wait until I buy some real estate and then everyone move here. Perfect idea. <laughs> but yes, we... Uh, Hooji competition, Shadow, The Mansion Live. I mean, time will tell, but for now, those are not on the horizon as we didn't achieve that goal. But live show, we're gonna do it for the pit because we're we're very happy with our with you know how the pit has supported us so far. And we're very excited to do a live show. There's gonna be some very it'll be like our show, but it'll be heightened <laughs> in some ways.
0: Yeah, I think I think it will be very, very fun. It's going to be fun for us. I can tell you that much. But thank you, everybody, again, for pre-ordering the book if you did. And thanks for picking it up this yes. week if you're going to get it live in a bookstore or wherever you get your books.
1: And if you came out to the Grove today, which will have happened, thank you so much for spending that time with us. We enjoyed it greatly. You're thinking. <laughs> and it won't okay. scare us off of doing the live show at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. You're time traveling and thanking someone in the future for an event that has not yet happened. All right, cool.
1: Yes. Well, this is how recording works. You know, this is we're actually recording Monday night.
0: That's right. But again, thanks everybody. And of course, all of the individual contests that we had on HowToWinTheBachelor.com, where you could get autographed books and merch and all kinds of stuff, those have now concluded. And the winners of those competitions, those contests will be notified shortly by the Dark Seeker. And we will get prizes out to you as quickly as we can. And yes. again, can't thank you guys enough for uh, for all this. It's been a crazy labor of love, both this podcast and the book. And today, one of those things is out in the world
1: and our labor of love. Instagram lives. That's
0: right. And those. when we Which
1: everyone remembers.
0: Recapping labor of love. God, I can't believe we did that. <laughs> but it made our game sharper so that we can analyze virtually anything. And now we are going to do that for you tonight. We had a huge game tonight. Ugh, so good. We had the conclusion of the Cassidy Timbrooks saga. We had Sinead becoming elevated as the next villain.
1: Lead villain. Congrats, Sinead. By the way, I did watch that. Crazy football game this weekend. And guess what? Tonight's episode was better than that. Sorry, football.
0: (laughs) There were a few football games this weekend, just to let you know. There was a bunch of crazy ones.
1: Kansas City and their opponents. Sorry to them.
0: Okay, nice.
1: You're no (laughs) and Shanae.
0: No, and we're going to get some football next week, which we will get to at the end of this breakdown because, of course, they show us what's going to happen next week and the NFL is in the house. But we did get a little football play, even in tonight's game. We're going to get to all Mm -hmm. of that starting right now. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. All right so here we are episode three this is the second week of the regular season we got another two hour presentation and we start this one with an intro as we always do tonight on the bachelor says dlp that's dark lord palmer we see clayton on the mic first thing he's singing and he appears to be in a swimsuit or something
1: speed poetry (laughs) that was my guess at this point
0: (laughs) i had no idea but then we see some kissing He says he's on the right track toward finding love. We see Sarah getting a kiss. We see a Baywatch-style group date. We see Sinead going off on Elizabeth. Sinead is crying. Elizabeth's crying. But first, Cassidy calls herself a front runner. we see. She says, game on, bitches. The women are getting tired of her, and her secret friends with benefits is revealed. And Clayton asks if he can take back a rose. That's how we see our our little promo of all the stuff to come. And then portion one begins with... Cassidy walking into the room with her rose and Sierra's telling the group that Cassidy has a friends with benefits and that she told her and NC this as she came into the game. She said she was trying to make this guy jealous.
1: That line is off face.
0: Not only is it off face, it's footage we don't have of Cassidy saying it. There are things in this rivalry that seem pushed or manufactured a little bit. I don't know what is real because so much of this stuff that Sierra's saying, stuff that Cassidy's saying has been played off fates. I have no idea. And some is Mm -hmm. is very definitely Frankenbitten. So we don't know what's actually true here, but this is the story they're presenting. This is the pro wrestling of it, that the third audience, the producers are just they're either making this thing way bigger than it is or potentially even creating it out of nothing in some cases.
1: And We are checking in with the player who appears to be the moral center of the show right now. This is our good girl, free spirit, Susie Evans. She ITMs that that feels very wrong regarding the Cassidy situation. The women are shocked by this revelation from Sierra. And Kate ITMs that Cassidy is grinding everyone's gears. We hear Cassidy once again utter that line, who's got the rose, bitches? And Sierra ITMs that Cassidy is prancing around the house like a reindeer. (laughs) (laughs) I liked that line. It
0: was hilarious. (laughs) But also this part where Cassidy is like, not only just saying who's got the rose bitches, she's flaunting it in their faces in the shot where she's like smiling and like holding it out at them and shit. Uh
1: Uh-huh. It's like when Demi picked up the rose on the group date.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking.
0: She's doing this specifically to get under their skin, to make them feel a little agitated, to get them mad. And it's working, (laughs) obviously, but she does it too well, as we see, and and we know what happens. But Mm -hmm. these kind of like villains reveling in their villainy is something you don't really see that much in the modern game. And here we've got it with Cassidy. And obviously we see it with Shanae as well. It's really crazy to me that we saw two players, this villainous, this openly villainous, in a season this late in the the evolution of the game.
1: Yes. And I don't... I kind of
0: missed it. (laughs) Oh, fuck. I love it. It is just... They're not as good as Courtney Robertson. Like, they're not at that level. No. But it's like the only Courtney Robertson I'm going to get is this. Little drips of it, you know? Like, what it has become after the past... When was Ben Flanagan's season? Season 16 was like 2015 or something.
1: I mean, who's the last one? Corinne Olympios, 2016?
0: Yeah. Corinne, maybe, I would say was a villain. She certainly was somebody who flaunted her power in the face of the the Mm -hmm. structure of the game itself. When she slept through that fucking rose ceremony. Oh my God. Like that type of shit. Show me that type of shit again. Will we ever see anything like that? I
1: don't know, because the villains are getting villainized so much that they're getting kicked out.
0: Exactly. You get removed immediately, and then you lose fucking hundreds of thousands of Instagram followers. Like, nobody even wants to deal with it anymore. But whatever. We've gone on a little bit of a tangent. But this is very entertaining to me (laughs) to see these villains.
1: It's our celebration. I I think we can go down whatever rabbit holes we want.
0: Right. We can indulge.
1: (laughs) We then see Clayton check in. You know, with our season-long Council of Crowns, Dark Lord Palmer, as you might remember, he was The Bachelor season five. And Clayton tells Dark Lord Palmer that Cassie had a friends with benefits FaceTime right before limo entrances. And we see, we jump back and forth between this conversation and Cassidy back with the players who says, what is it, your second conversation and you want to go for one of the girls he obviously likes? That's an interesting choice. I love the game speech here. Oh, God. You can't be a front run. You can't go after the Hannah Browns. You can't go after the front runners.
0: But I think she's also <laughs> implying that she's a front runner. Like, you want to come after me? Yes. I'm a front runner.
1: 100%. She says Clayton <laughs> likes me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But I agree with you. Just to hear this open gameplay speech, like you think that's a good strategy is basically what she's saying. She's like, you have no idea how to play this game. Love hearing it, love seeing it, but you got to keep that to the ITMs. You can't say it to the second audience directly. You
1: keep that in your in your mind thoughts, <laughs> you know, your mind words.
0: But then uh, DLP essentially tells Clayton, there are no rules. If you want to take back a rose, Ooh. you could do whatever you want. We know this is absolutely not true. This has to be sanctioned by producers and uh, clearly it is because then Clayton pulls Cassidy aside for this conversation. We know it's not going to be good. She leaves her rose on the table when she walks out. Producers made that happen. That is not a choice she got to make. And then we see this one-on-one time with Cassidy and Clayton and Cassidy says she already knows what he's going to say. And then he asked her if she was seeing someone right up until she came in here. <laughs> She's like, that's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs>
1: This line here she says I haven't had a relationship of any kind since summer 2019 which is a hilarious answer and it's like of course you've answered these things a million times for producers so you do have those dates in your head but Cassidy getting it on the record that she hasn't had any kind of relationship since 2019 was my error 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 of the game You never want to give a date if, you know, it can be easily fact-checked and uh, you're not exactly sure all the information that Clayton has.
0: But if I may, I'm not saying it was a good movie either, but if I may, when she says that she's never had a relationship since 2019, isn't that kind of true? Of any kind. But what is of any kind? A friendship? That's the part that matters. Of any kind. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, what is any... Does that mean she's sitting in a room and talking to no human beings? It Does it mean a romantic relationship? Does it mean a serious romantic relationship? Because as she's saying, she basically had a friends with benefits. That, in her mind, may not be a relationship.
1: I think that that's what she meant, but it allows her to get out of that... I mean, it allows him to get out of an argument that is slut-shaming.
0: Oh, totally.
1: And he can be like, oh, it's about honesty,
0: Yes, 100%. That's why it's a main error. Yeah, and it's one of the primary rules that you can never fucking break is giving the lead an out. The lead's job is to kick off 29 people per season, roughly speaking. Some seasons have more, some seasons have less, but to kick off everyone on the show except the ring winner. That is the lead's job. And they are constantly looking for a reason to kick you off that will paint them in a good light or not make the fourth audience mad at them or not make the second audience mad at them. And here, Cassidy Mm -hmm. had just teed it up for him on a silver platter. Here's exactly how you can kick me off and no one will be mad at you.
1: Even if he doesn't realize that, the producers are going to realize that and tell him that. Like, oh, if you want to get rid of her, you could say this.
0: Totally. But. That All that said, this is the most, in my opinion, this is one of the most significant hypocrisies that the show always promotes, which is you cannot have any kind of sexual relationship.
1: You must be celibate.
0: You have to be celibate for at least a year before coming into the show. But the premise of the show...
1: A year? What do you think the cutoff is?
0: 20 years.
1: It's crazy. They had Sally Carson on night one.
0: No, I... I think it depends on, like, how you can spin your emotional state. Like, if you're ready to fall in love and whatever. Yeah. I think it could have been, like, a month.
1: If you were engaged a month before, that's fine. But if friends with benefits, the night before, mm
0: Exactly. But it wasn't even the night before. She was FaceTiming with some guy the night before. Right. She Like, they're sequestered.
1: And he does say it was a few days before limo entrances.
0: Yeah. And whatever. Like, who cares? how many other players are doing the same thing you know it's just that she played a bad enough game to get caught and that's like some of the true hypocrisy of how the show works is that like if you come in as a player this can be hardcore irrefutable for twr evidence however the lead of the show as we see this season at the very least has sex with multiple Mm -hmm. players in a matter of days and that is fine yeah in, in a situation, by the way, that is not friends with benefits.
1: Later. <laughs> way down the line. After you've met their families.
0: <laughs> That's right. Once you've met the families, it's okay. But that situation is, I think, perhaps more sinister because he's telling all these women that he loves them as well. It's not like an open friends with benefits kind of scenario. He's like, I think I'm going to marry you. And then one day later, like, nope, fuck you.
1: Yeah. Friends with benefits actually ex- implies some very important conversations around boundaries and expectations.
0: Yeah. Some respect.
1: (laughs) But Cassidy then performs some tear play. (laughs) We're going down all the rabbit holes. (laughs) We have to. Come with us.
0: We we have no choice. This episode just had so much in it. I don't don't know. I I mean, I have a lot of other shit to say about a lot of other things, too.
1: (laughs) I can't wait. All right. Portion two begins. Cassidy is crying off screen. She says I don't know what I can do to salvage this. And we see the other players are t- chatting about her. Kira says for for her some of this is a game and Lindsay <laughs> comes out with a <laughs> comes out with a wild line. I think she's here to get followers or whatever she's doing and I'm over it cuz it's disgusting. Moral judgments.
0: I agree with Lindsay very much and I've already sent Lindsay a DM saying, delete your Instagram account. I have not done that. But I mean, Oh my God. (laughs) It's the, this is more of the um, hypocrisy of the show. It's like, she can sit there and say that. Meanwhile, she has an Instagram account. Meanwhile, she has followers.
1: She was one of the highest TikTok players. God,
0: it's so crazy to me. Like they jump on this bandwagon and this is really the art of the game here. In my opinion, this is like what it's starting to boil down to in this contemporary era. It's how far are you willing to let yourself go to talk about these things? Or how believable can you be in the outrage over someone else doing the same thing you are? Like, Grocery Store Joe is a prime example of this. This is a little saucing here. It's a little grocery store Joeing here. Instagram followers are disgusting. How many do I have? Can I sell SpawnCon yet?
1: Susie ITMs, we come back to our moral compass. The general consensus is Cassidy is not here to find love 40WR accusation. And Clayton goes upstairs to talk to Cassidy in the bathroom. Cassidy says there is a guy I slept with a few times over the course of a few months who knows I'm here. But from the moment I met you, all I've done is gush about how I'm already falling into something with you. I want to say she said glow here, but I didn't write it down, did she?
0: I don't think so. But the LL2 oh. I found very interesting. This is a, a pretty good last-ditch attempt here. This is actually a very good strategy. She's raising her love level to a, a vague love level to I'm falling into something. She doesn't use the actual word.
1: Oh, yes. Falling into something with you.
0: Right. But a, a good attempt here. When her back's up mm-hmm. against the wall, she's actually using pretty good gameplay, but it just doesn't matter. The the uh, Damage is done, obviously. We all know what's about to happen here because of her TikTok where she spoiled it, but...
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is a wild video if y'all haven't seen it. Oh, my God. Clayton tells her that the trust has already been shaken. We cut back to Sierra saying to the other players that she's mean. She's mean, guys. Hunter says she asked me last night what my exit interview was going to be like. I think we 100% confirmation know that Cassie Timbrooks is a student of this game. But
0: they all are, too. Like, all the the players at that point when she says that, they're, like, fucking acting outraged as shit. Oh, my God. She talked about her her exit interview. It's like, you've all thought about it. Are you kidding me? When you're standing on a fucking riser at a goddamn rose ceremony, hoping your name is going to get called, it doesn't flash through your mind what's going to happen if it doesn't that producers are going to fucking force you out front and a camera is going to be in your face and you're going to have to say something?
1: I think the professional players prepare for that, but I think a lot of people don't actually consider their exit interview. No shit. Unless they're like really sure they're going home. I think it's a next level thing.
0: Mm, Maybe.
1: But to all players out there, all future players, prepare the positive. Yes, I accept this rose. Give it a little flourish. Try to get that screen time. And prepare the negative.
0: Yeah. Totally agree.
1: Get those eye drops ready. (laughs) Vial style.
0: (laughs) He should sell vials of Vial and they can be fake tears to be used in in the course of the game.
1: I mean, that's a great idea. Maybe we should do that.
0: (laughs) Set it up. Clayton then says his biggest fear was falling for somebody who was 40 twr We see Cassidy producing some tears. Shanae backs Cassidy to the other players, and then the other players all speculate about what's happening in the bathroom. They themselves at this point are openly playing the game, discussing strategy, what events might be happening in the game and how that might affect them. They are accusing Cassidy of playing that same game that they are also playing. This, To me, the, the veil of like how you can stay on the line of playing the game without like the fourth audience or the producers cutting it to to make it look like you're playing a game. That's really the game now. That is the razor's edge you have to walk. They are all playing this game. But it's mm-hmm. the lying about not playing it and the outrage about someone who is playing it a little more openly than you. That's the real game of it. That's how you knock people out now. It's fucking fascinating to watch this unfold in this, what I believe is the gore era. Everyone is playing this game.
1: I think you isolate I think you go bathroom 24-7. <laughs> this would be my bachelorette season.
0: Speaking of going bathroom 24-7, now I'm going off on a yes. tangent here, but I got to take you somewhere. <laughs> We're going to Conspiracy Town, Population uh-huh. Me.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Isolation. Great strategy. It takes you yeah. out of the drama it necessarily makes it so you can't be around if they're trying to make a villain out on you. Mm -hmm. You get to be out of the fucking stress of that group situation. You get to relax. Maybe you have a bed you get to sleep in when the other players are fucking doing whatever they're forced to do. Here's the one thing about it. Taj can't pee, Taj can't poop. Exactly. You get your own bathroom. You do all the peeing and pooping you want while those other players are scrambling around. Here's the problem with it. It requires third audience help. You cannot, the the producers tell all the players where to go and where to be at all times. They control your life timeline-wise. Once you're on a date or on one-on-one time, you start your own play, of course, but to get to those things, producers are wrangling you and telling you when to be up and where to be wherever. For this isolation strategy to work, you have to have the producers help. Mm-hmm. And I believe yeah. that Susie, evans has that help Uh uh-huh i believe she is playing an isolation strategy right now not right now it's already (laughs) happened but over the course of the season because she ain't nowhere in this we see her on this group date she says one thing and then out we don't see her in the house we don't see her when the shrimp shit is going down no
1: we only see her itms about the moral compass
0: yeah i'm telling you she's not there they he told them night one she's my ring winner and they're like, fuck, we got to protect her so there will be a love story at the end. We can't let her get embroiled in a accidental rivalry or say some dumb shit on a group date. We got to fucking keep her in her secret room. <laughs> She's sequestered. That's my conspiracy town.
1: That Susie Evans is in a secret room. I'll buy it.
0: Yes. I'm going to call it the Evans room.
1: I mean, we saw the isolation chamber during Matt James's season with um, Sarah Trott.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I would... You know how you could get that <laughs> experimental strategy. You load an IFI. You're a heavy bleeder. You need to constantly be going back and forth to the bathroom. You can't question that.
0: That's very strong. I I just think that it's true though. I think she has her own room in wherever they're staying that is nicer than mm. the other rooms, more comfortable. <laughs> I think she gets to eat whatever she wants.
1: I I mean, I love this conspiracy tab because it's easily (laughs) deduced what the truth is. Players, let us know. Did Susie Evans have her own hotel
0: room? Or if there are any people who might have worked on production out there that listen to our (laughs) podcast. Just a simple, the Evans room was real is all I need in my DMs. Thank you very much.
1: Well, anyway, we get some good one liners. The Selling Sunset Woman, Kate, says, holy shirts and pants, y'all. We see Kate saying the Wicked Witch is gone. Spareen says the poison is gone, hopefully. So she's the witch. She's the poison. And we get to portion three. Oh, my God. We're only in portion three.
0: It's okay, we'll be fine
1: Portion three, we are at the rose ceremony
0: Can I just say one thing though? Can I just say one thing? I'm sorry, I don't mean to derail uh-huh. us But when they say the poison is gone The poison is the fucking producers The poison is never gone The whole thing is poison You're swimming in poison The idea that it's like The players are what's <laughs> making this situation volatile or insane Is beyond me It's the producers setting all of this up <laughs> They gave her the fucking
1: group date, Rose. The only thing I ever hear when I hear the word poison now is a Real Housewives of New Jersey reference where one of the characters says he's got poison. He's got to let the poison out when he wants to have sex with his wife. <laughs> <laughs> what
0: the fuck? Oh, my God. I got to watch that season, whatever the fuck that is. That guy sounds funny as shit. Oh, yeah. OK,
1: well, it's a great show. Anyway, we are at the rose ceremony Sierra maybe a student of this game Loads in her ITM The biggest thing I'm worried about Is that I'm tainted because I was the bearer of bad news She's worried she's going to get that infamous Tattlers going home
0: Exactly And she's pissed at somebody for playing a fucking game She already knows that by tattling She becomes a fucking target She knows it's risky She understands the game She's playing it at a high level And she can use That same accusation of something she herself is doing to successfully eliminate another player. This is what the game is now. This is how you eliminate players. It's four TWR accusations based on gameplay, basically, while you're playing the game yourself openly. She's openly talking about it here, that she knows tattling was a risky play. That's what she's saying. It's unreal. I love this so fucking much that we're in this era. I love it. <laughs>
1: It is a risky play, but she does get to stay for one week when we get to the rose ceremony. First flower goes to Eliza, someone notably in my final four. Second flower, Rachel, Serene, Sierra, Teddy, Lindsay, Jill, Gabby, Kira, Mara, Marlena, Genevieve, Hunter, Melina, Elizabeth, and last flower goes to Shanae. And we... End this portion with an ITM from Sinead. They're fake. What's my next move? What's the next plan? Let someone win or have drama. We're in a competition. I'm here to win.
0: Love it. Love hearing that. Thank you, (laughs) Sinead.
1: Portion four. Uh, We get a placard at the beginning. This segment contains sensitive matter. Because we are going to return to a group date that we've seen once before. Mm -hmm. The Circle of Pain.
0: When did we see it? Before. (laughs) What was that one like? What was the first iteration of this group date like? Do you remember?
1: The first Circle of Pain that we saw in The Bachelor was... Well, the first Circle of Pain that I remember was from The Bachelorette Mm -hmm. season 17, Katie Thurston... We had someone host that group date, which I guess they didn't do a good enough job to get asked back. I'm not exactly sure why um, they didn't host it again. It's really weird.
0: Oh, I I think it's probably the opposite. I think think he did such a good job that they were like, oh, we should (laughs) do that again because it was the most successful thing that's ever happened on our show. Pretty sure that's how it went. We're, of course, talking about the great Vial. He hosted (laughs) this exact same date... The Circle of Pain on season 17 of Bachelorette, Katie Thurston, where all the guys had to go around and say their PTCs. This is the exact same date. Lazy producing, which we've at this point gotten used to. There was also some bad audio in a conversation, which we'll get to. But what the fuck is going on? They're just never going to come up with new dates now.
1: Well, this is a date I don't want them to come up with a new one for. I love this date. Mm. It's absurd. Yeah. You don't like it?
0: Uh, it, it could be you know what? You're selling me on it a little bit because now I'm really thinking about it cinematically. It is this dark uh-huh. room. It is the circle of chairs. It's very spare. You could be doing this on a stage in a theater if you wanted to. And it's everyone must divulge their PTC. It's like it's an all play PTC. It forces that play out of everyone simultaneously. Yeah. So it's like if you're on that group date, you're a little fucked because you can't use your PTC on a one on one or at an after party. So what I what I would encourage future players to do is break your PTC into two parts. This is new strategy for the new era. You mm-hmm. play the first part of it, whatever it could generically be. Well, I was, you know, bullied in high school, let's say. You can play that at a group date like this. Then you have a secondary part that was specifically about how you overcame it or what you learned from it. It's kind of like the you tack on the part where the wall comes down after that, right into the PTC somehow.
1: Mm-hmm. And I would save the most dire details for later. Yeah. As well, I love this group date format, and I think that the reason why they repeat it as opposed to, say, the one where they had to make a PTC into a piece of art Mm. or things like that is it's in this, like, therapy nature. So they're creating this space that you think is, like, safe and you can open up, and they're really looking at each other's faces so they feel their emotions. So we're seeing tears from the second audience on a lot of these PTCs. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a reason why we don't see Shanae on this date.
0: Yeah, everybody on this date is safe.
1: Shanae's PTC would hurt her edit.
0: Correct. Eventually, they're going to shake that up, though. Eventually, we're going to see a villain on one of these circles of pain. You think we'll get it? We'll we'll see that eventually, yeah.
1: Oh, I thought you meant we're going to see Shanae's PTC.
0: Oh, we might. I don't know.
1: I think we'll get it. If it's not from the show, I think we'll get it from social media.
0: I think we're going to see it in her two-on-one. Which I assume is coming.
1: Ooh, yes, you're probably right. Anyway, Caitlin Bristow, aka The Goat, is hosting the Circle of Pain. She certifies that Clayton is the most genuine and sincere man, one of the most who's ever been on the show. And Clayton says that we should be open and honest and vulnerable. And Caitlin gets this conversation going by saying, stand up if this statement resonates with you. And the first one is stand up if there are parts of yourself you're not proud of. Everyone stands. And then she makes everyone explain. Clayton says that he had walls up in his last relationship. Genevieve plays a similar wall PTC about sabotaging old relationships and plays tears. We get a PTC from Hunter that she was in an what sounds like to me an emotionally abusive relationship where... Her ex wanted her to physically fit a certain type. So she got blue contacts and dyed her hair and heartbreak that he cheated on her as well. And we get tear play from Serene and a PTC that she was bullied about her body. And we get a bunch of a bunch of people agreeing and talking about this. And Mara talks about being bullied as well. Marlena talks about racism and that being a woman of color she's had to be 10 times better just to be seen and be heard and says that she hadn't planned on talking to Clayton about race and Clayton says that he would welcome that and then Clayton shares his own PTC that he had these weight insecurities in childhood and we get an ITM from Susie she was shocked she hadn't heard a man talk that way about themselves and
0: then at the end of the date they all hug Clayton and he ITM's looking forward to to going deeper with all these women and he says, I felt like my future wife was in this room. So after the of pain, after the bloodletting that everyone is doing in this room, that's how he knows he's found his wife.
1: By the way, if they do a group hug at the end of here and it's like, oh, we're everyone, we shared our PTCs, we're celebrating body diversity, which I'm just like, "You, it's okay if it's part of your PTC, but not your current reality. Like we never have anyone curvy or any don't have any body diversity on this show. So it's a weird thing for them to hold up. Portion five begins. We have the after party and they go to this is an event space downtown, uh, which I believe you can rent out because we shot the good place here. Mm. This bank vault club is where we shot the bad place. So this group day after party is literally taking place in hell. Fun fact.
0: And you've been there.
1: I think I went there for something, but not for Mm. the set that day. But I've been there before. Very nice.
0: Nonetheless, full circle, all things connected. Yeah, it looks cool as shit.
1: You can rent it out. $2,500 an hour.
0: I looked it up. Well, inside this bank vault bar, he toasts to a beautiful day and hopefully a more beautiful night. And Serene is the first responder. Her one-on-one time uh, is plagued by this terrible sound. I don't know where they're shooting this if they've placed the microphone directly under the air conditioner or what but there's a lot of background noise as she explains that her family didn't share emotions so today was hard for her and the ultimate viking says it was hard for him too because he had a bunch of brothers then they kiss then we see some one-on-one time with Susie. (laughs) she they pull her out from wherever they're keeping her as you know the evans room is mobile and they take it with them on a truck when they go to group dates she says today was a huge step forward and she rehits the strength of her connection with him. She compliments him on his openness about his body and says it's something that she has felt as well, had this, uh, similar issues and she sees it as a special connection that they have and she gets a kiss. And then he takes her to an even more secluded area for some more making out <laughs> as she she ITMs definitely somebody I could fall in love with she says. This seems like an LL2 to me.
1: I yeah, loaded love level 2. Yeah. Back at the mansion, Sarah gets the one-on-one date card. Falling in love is full of surprises. And Shanae ITMs, of course. It's frustrating when people are so excited for her. Are we here to find besties? Or are we here to find love? I see the fakeness.
0: But that's the game. The fakeness is the game. Which is like, this is what's maddening to me. It's like the villains, both Cassidy and Shanae. If they just dialed it in a little bit, if they just understood that like, That lie is how you play. That's the the primary way you play the game. If they could just do that, they have the competitive spirit. They just don't understand how to execute it.
1: (laughs) But arguably they're cast because of of that, that they don't have the fakeness.
0: Sure, but that's a whole other game getting cast. You have to convince the producers that you're going to be valuable to them in some way, whatever it is. So if you're flashing villain at them in your Zoom interviews and shit when you're trying to get cast... Once you show up, you could be anything you want. Yeah, They will have some idea of how they're going to use you, but that can change in a blink of an eye if you have an interesting second or first audience game.
1: You can be anyone you want to a certain extent.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it depends on who you wind up being.
1: Like, I think you could go into the game being like, I'm Susie Evans, but it's hard to pull off.
0: I agree. There's only one Susie Evans this season.
1: We see some... I wrote here, this reminded me of Harry Potter. Eliza brings Clayton in front of this mirror and she shows them what a beautiful couple they are together. And then they sort of kiss like while they're looking at themselves in the mirror. But
0: (laughs) this has to be shot. This is all made by the producers. The producers told them to do this. They have to station cameras around it so that you don't get reflections and shit. This is like a staged weird scene. Mm -hmm. I was watching this just like, what the fuck? It was so strange, but... It turned out to be good because she got screen time and it was a nice Mm -hmm. little cinematic moment.
1: Uh, We see quick pops of some of the other one-on-one time and then Clayton grabs that rose, gives it to someone who goes above and beyond in every interaction. Eliza gets that group date rose and she says, I can relax for a couple days. (laughs) It would be funny if she ended that line with like, and I'm definitely not going to tell him about my roster. (laughs) 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 Clues. Mm -hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find the perfect T-shirt. Yeah. um, Because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect T-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast they have great basics and foundations i got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx that's kind of a dark black color and the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite which is kind of like a blue green and they're both so comfortable it's basically like you are wearing nothing nothing
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year is flying by. We're almost halfway through it. Now, I've done a lot of things that I'm proud of this year, a lot of them related to gore. We've had some great interviews. We're kicking it up a level to get on YouTube. We're really taking it to the next place. But there's still a lot that I would like to accomplish this year. And when life is moving fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and to make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and then set achievable goals for the next six months so that you get all those things done that you want to get done. Lizzie talks about all the time how beneficial therapy has been for her. My friend Will on my other podcast talks about it all the time, and I agree. It is very good. It's a great tool to be able to talk things out in your life with somebody else who can set you on the right path to getting all those goals accomplished. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit betterhelp.com/slash gameofroses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P dot com slash game of roses support for today's episode comes from one skin if you have sensitive skin you're going to want to hear about one skins scientifically proven topical supplements this is face eye body shield and it can all be used with any of their other products which are free from over 1500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval.
1: You gotta keep that skin glowing if you wanna be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And OneSkin was founded by an all woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off, oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you keep the rose. <laughs> Even
0: that, I can relax for a couple of days. Exactly what you want to be thinking when you're falling in love with somebody, that it's high stress until you get these couple days of relaxation. She's, of course, talking about the game elements here. They all are. And not only are they all talking about the game elements, the producers are putting it into the fucking show. They don't need to add that. I can relax for a couple of days. But they're reinforcing the idea that that group date rose or any zero point rose really is a fucking reward that is valuable in the game for more than just the validation that uh, the first audience, you know, in quotes, likes you. It comes with it, benefits within the game. That relaxation of two days, when you're not thinking about like, fuck, what do I have to do to get a rose?
1: It's the immunity idol.
0: Yes, it's exactly the immunity idol and I think that that downtime from your brain just racing and constantly being playing the game really does help players. So the more, and, mm. and as we see, people like Caitlin Bristow, she was one of the greatest players of all time and she got the most zero pointer. She has the greatest rose quotient in the history of the fucking game. Go. And then it's no wonder that, I mean, one of the goats, she's one of the goats, one of two. The other one is Nick Vial. <laughs>
1: Uh. You know, I love that you're able to love something so purely
0: Like you don't? Like we're not fucking sitting here doing the same podcast together for (laughs) however long we've been doing it Two years Uh
1: Portion six We get Sarah's one-on-one date she is wearing a small dress so she does not really perform a hoo here
0: bone opportunity in my opinion
1: and we see that becca kufrin is back to host after she's been on sand i mean could she can do it all and she says that on her season <laughs> seasons The moments she was out of her comfort zone, she really bonded with her partner. So today is all about saying yes in my extreme scavenger hunt. Strip down to your skivvies and do this scavenger hunt in your undies.
0: This comes right after Clayton's PTC about having body issues as a kid, too. Yes. Unreal. Gotta. Unreal.
1: By the way, I love the just like... The kidifying of the na- of the words that she used, like saying skivvies and undies mm. to make it seem like they're not making it a forced nudity play.
0: Yeah. It's just fun. It's just a scavenger hunt. You're just going to run around downtown area of the second largest city in our country in your underwear. Oh, and we're going to record it and put it on national TV. No problem.
1: And it's not even your underwear. It's underwear we're handing you.
0: Right here is where Clayton should have said are you comfortable with this? If you're not, we scrap it. Ugh. And that would have won the day.
1: Oh, my God. What if?
0: Selavi, He gives in because we know that he will do anything to be the lead. <laughs> you're going to get in there and you're going to strip down to your underwear and then we're going to have you sing. And he does it.
1: They run around in this fake black matching underwear. I mean, the straps on this bra thing they have her in are so thick. There's no way she had that under her, like, miniature spaghetti strap dress.
0: No, of course not. This is all planned. I would I would argue they probably even knew about it. But as they're running around the park in their underwear, they come up to an ice cream vendor. And this ice cream vendor was my... <laughs> Jorge. 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 Jorge Moreno. Bystander of the week.
1: I knew this was going to happen.
0: What do you mean you knew it was going to happen?
1: Oh, sorry. I thought you were doing something else. Oh. I thought you were going to be like, someone else did an ad for ice
0: cream. I was getting to that part. Oh, my God. <laughs> As we know. Ice cream cream has played a very important role in our beloved game we've seen it many times in many different iterations one of the most memorable ice cream occurrences in our beloved game was in season 15 of the bachelorette we're talking about hannah brown of course she and eventual ring winner jed wyatt Did a very similar date to this, except they were clothed, but they were walking around a park and they went to go get some ice cream and they did the first Halo Top commercial in the history of our beloved game. It was product placement right there. They were eating Halo Top and saying how good it was. And then less than a year later, one Nick Vial appeared in a literal Halo Top advertisement on your television screen. Thank you. That's why this ice cream vendor was my Jorge Miranda bystander of the week.
1: This is why I never second guess myself. My instincts are always right. Of course. I knew you were going to do the, the fucking Halo Top thing. I knew it.
0: I'm surprised you're not doing it. Can't wait to hear who your bystander is.
1: Even though it's such a, such a loose connection. Oh, Wow. Damn. All right. We are yeah, still on the date. They're doing this scavenger hunt. There you have to break open these hearts and answer the clues in them. One of them.
0: What? We just saw this date. They just did this in one of the bubble seasons too.
1: I thought you were scoffing at me.
0: (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm reading my notes and just being like, fuck. They just give us the same dates again. There's like five dates. That's it that we've seen for the past three fucking years.
1: This is a group date type that I would cut. I agree. We're not getting anything from this. Except, you know, some gifts for you to make memes out of.
0: Yeah. And it was even kind of similar to the the date that he had with Michelle Young. Yeah. Where he was lifting her up to the ceiling to like pull notes off of shit. It's like...
1: He was a bird.
0: It's it's just a waste. It's a waste of time.
1: We then see them go on to microphones outside where they're supposed to sing their feelings for each other. And there's mic feedback. Clayton sings this song about Sarah. I (laughs) said, he is Elvis and also doing spoken word poetry.
0: Yeah. He didn't really know what he was doing there. He tried his best. It was okay. But Sarah, actually, uh, the Ultimate Viking lays down a beatbox beat for her, and she actually does a pretty good little freestyle, I thought.
1: Yeah. It harkened back to the, the Hannah Godwin rap.
0: Yeah, a little bit.
1: Now they have drinks, and Clayton says, I couldn't have done this with, with anyone else. And she says, it showed me how much I do like you. She oh, loved level, level one's <laughs> him. They make out. And we go back to the mansion for a little little sojourn into uh, house life.
0: This was a moment that I dubbed Shrimp War 2022. Uh Uh-huh. I was just giving it a name. Like Champagne Gate, you know? (laughs) This is Shrimp War.
1: Shrimp War. Yeah. (laughs) The start of the shrimp war, we see things seem to be Uh peaceful. Players are working out and cooking. Elizabeth says, I'm going to be a good Samaritan and make shrimp for everyone. They then black box Sinead's butt. And Sinead says, I'm hungry. The only nice thing Elizabeth's done in two weeks is share shrimp with me. And she didn't poison me. And we see they do a shrimp counter for the amount of shrimp that Sinead is taking from Elizabeth. Numbers one through eight. And Elizabeth says, Sinead ate all the shrimp. I don't know what the shrimp portions are like in Ohio, but this isn't a roadside buffet. She does a bunch of one-liners about shrimp. Two things Shanae can't keep out of her mouth. That's my name and shrimp.
0: They are setting up some kind of shrimp play on Bachelor in Paradise season eight. Guaranteed. We have not seen the last of the shrimp. Oh no. Shanae and her shrimp are going to be everywhere on sand. Get ready for the shrimp. It's going to be a tidal wave of shrimp. We're talking about Shrimp War Part 1, 2, and 3 on sand. Shrimp in the sand, shrimp in the sea, Shanae with her shrimp.
1: Someone's <laughs> going to end up with shrimp in their hair.
0: Yes, shrimp in their hair. I
1: mean, B.I.P., they love to demonize the people that are into seafood, like scallop fingers. Mm-hmm. And meat, we've talked about this before, that meat is often used to to villain, give people villain edits like Mad Chad.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They would just show him eating salami and they would make it look like... Yeah. And we had Demi eat a whole thing of salami. She did some food play with meats. Um, it's very interesting.
0: Fucking Nick Vial's rival. I can only think of people in relation to Nick Vial now. The other guy, Sean Booth? No, Josh Murray on Bachelor in Paradise. Oh,
1: his second rival. Yeah,
0: they had him eating pizza all the time pepperoni pizza, mm-hmm. meat tangential. Hmm. Anyway, Shanae definitely ate too much shrimp here. <laughs> Uh, That much I can tell you. And she ITMs that she knows how to make shrimp too. And then she makes some shrimp. She brings the shrimp to everybody in the hot tub. Uh, She doesn't get the proper acknowledgement uh, for her shrimp making. And then she ITMs that she hates Elizabeth. And that's how the shrimp war ends. And by the way, if I may, where's Susie Evans? Oh, she's in the Evans room. She was nowhere near any of this.
1: She will never be seen eating a goddamn thing in this show, Clues, and you know that. She is our moral center. Portion seven begins. We are at the nighttime portion of Sarah's one-on-one date at the Immersive Van Gogh exhibit in downtown LA. And Sarah says that she really liked getting to see the real Clayton today. Not a guy trying to impress a bunch of girls. She's uh, nagging him here. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. She says, it's important for me to share more about me with you. I was adopted when I was born, and my family is white, and I'm 30% Vietnamese, French, and Irish. My biological parents had me when they were 20, but I grew up being ashamed of being adopted. And that I'm a second choice. And it took me a while to feel that love and recognize that throughout her life. So how this has impacted her with relationships. Beautifully played PTC and Tier play.
0: Oh, absolutely. This PTC was my play, 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 play of the game. It is textbook play here. You go on the date. You uh, have fun at whatever the thing is during the day. She indulged in the forced nudity. She indulged in the singing. She showed, I can roll with the punches and have a good time. And then tonight, you get serious. You drop your PTC. Now, there is a play where you raise a wall, and then you play the PTC, and that tears the wall down. It shows why the wall exists in the first place. Here, though, she's using it slightly differently, which I thought was really good. Her PTC basically is saying... I have a hard time opening up or getting close to people or being comfortable with with people. So it's on you now. I'm saying I don't have a wall, but you have to make me feel comfortable. And I thought that kind of use of the PTC where Mm -hmm. it's on you to show me that you can make me comfortable is maybe potentially a better way to get the rose because then the lead is more likely to give you that rose to show you, here, I can do what you need. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's exactly what happens.
1: She also connects this speech into their day portion saying one of the best things I've said yes to is coming here and meeting you. And I'll always be honest and straightforward with you. You're really special to me. It's just weird, but it's cool Tear play. And he says that she's helping him grow, that he has his own struggles and insecurities and they can support each other through all of it. Back at the house, we find out who is going to be on the next group date. Gabby, Rachel, Kira, Melina, Lindsay, Sierra, Teddy, Elizabeth, Shanae, loves a beach. And Shanae ITMs, I hate them. I don't want her to be on my (laughs) fucking group date. I need to get that rose tomorrow. (laughs) Like clockwork. Back on the date, (laughs) Clayton delivers an elementary school report card Thing to Sarah saying, You exceeded all expectations today. So, will you accept this rose?
0: (laughs) Yep. Gives her a sticker for a job well done. Not an area I think you need improvement in. And then they get a little dance to a private orchestra in this Van Gogh exhibit. And there's some kissing. And Sarah loads an LL2 in her ITM. Could be the beginning of me and Clayton falling in love. Portion eight begins. It's daytime. We're at the beach. Clayton is waiting on a lifeguard station. All the players on this group date jog up to him and this is another blown hooju opportunity. We saw no hoojus tonight. Well, the, not we did see two actually. We saw none at the beginning of the dates. We did see two. We got terrible footage of them. We will get to them, but they're that <laughs> god, I, that was probably my favorite part of the fucking whole show.
1: Don't get too excited.
0: <laughs> T- too ex- I'm I've been excited since I saw it. I'm been excited to talk about it and I can't fucking wait. So,
1: this group date to me was a who can show more colorful narration and who's the goofy clown of the date, Belina versus Gabby.
0: I completely agree. And it opens semi innocuously. They don't have to get into their bathing suits yet. They're just having a fun day at the beach. And of course, for Clayton, that means throwing footballs at them. He's the quarterback, just like throwing footballs at whoever can catch it. That shit was like, oh, beautiful. Thank you, Clayton. And then somebody comes up to them on a four-wheeler. Nicole Eggert, from an old show called Baywatch. It seems like no one knows who she is.
1: No one knew who she was until she made her debut on camera, coming out, and even though she is half the size of Kledo, she is shining and taking up the whole screen, and she convinces them that being a lifeguard is a lot like being in a relationship. You have to be assertive, and she's... Gonna send him through serious lifeguard training program, but it's gonna be a play for time. But she makes it seem like it's gonna still be fun. and That's why she- Nicole Eggert was my Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. week, 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 week.
0: Do you did you watch Baywatch? No. Do you know what it is? Yes. It's 20 years old. The last episode aired in 2001. And I'm just like, the the cultural references, the pop culture references spe- uh, specifically that Our Beloved Game does, always seems real fucking old to me. This seems outdated and weird to me.
1: I mean, they've already remade the movie with Zach Efron.
0: That was a parody of the show.
1: It was a parody?
0: Yeah. They turned it into like a big, broad comedy. The original show was not a comedy. The show was like a drama, but with like Pamela Anderson in a bikini. Mm -hmm. But it was always like some crime was happening that they'd have to break up or like somebody was like fell out of a boat that they'd have to, you know, we've got five minutes to find the body, that kind of shit. But it was like done seriously. At any rate, I just saw this and I was like, they just don't do contemporary shit. Top Gun was the closest thing to it because there's a sequel coming out. But even that is like... Top Gun is also a 30-year-old movie.
1: (laughs) Well, after we've had the group date in which a bunch of players shared their body insecurities, we then see the players on this group date forced to change into the same red swimsuit that they didn't pick out themselves and then pick a partner and rub sunscreen over each other sensually.
0: Yeah, you know, a date.
1: I did like this. (laughs) I did like this move by Sinead here where she took sunscreen and just put it on Clayton's
0: nipples. (laughs) I thought that was a great move. You can already see almost at this point that Clayton is already starting to get a bit uh, sunburn on his arm too. So it's like, I don't know who was rubbing sunscreen on him, but somebody missed his entire arm.
1: Melina puts her leg up on the instructional dummy, Cassidy Timbrook's group date style. (laughs) And (laughs) I also noticed that the sound on this beach date is somehow quieter than Michelle Young's final rose ceremony, ocean
0: sound. <laughs> Maybe they got a new sound team. But eventually this ends with all of the players having to do a slow-mo run, having to master this thing that all of the actresses had to do in Baywatch. And so they all run to Clayton, who is sunburned as ever now. And Elizabeth actually does a pretty good sand huju, it looks like. We don't get any good footage here.
1: We see her cartwheel.
0: We do see that. The approach was fantastic.
1: Cartwheel into a hooju. Never seen that before. I've
0: never seen a cartwheel to a hooju. Definitely the approach gets a 10, but we don't really get to see the mount or the cling or the dismount. We can only tell kind of through inference that this is indeed a hooju. But she does get it done. And it sounds like in this moment, Clayton says, Ooh, hooju to me. What? Go back and rewatch it. Go back and rewatch it. I don't know if that's what he said, but he says something there when she does it. Maybe he might have said, "Ooh, hug jump." I don't know, but he says <sighs> something. I could not make it out. If anyone else can like figure this out, please, I'd be fascinated to know.
1: This is huge.
0: It's during Elizabeth's hooju. Huju. Hugh-ju. It's huge, huge. Then Shanae <laughs> does the same thing. She says, "I'll see your hooju and I'll raise you a hooju." <laughs> Her hooju is more <laughs> chemistry style as she just starts making out with him while in the hooju, right in front of all the other players. This is hardcore anti-second audience gameplay. This is definitely not here to make friends' strategy. She is blowing it out of the water, just going as hard as she can at it. Uh, is that the best thing to do? I'm not sure.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, the pit didn't get the hoju competition between us two, but they did. Finally get our first Huju competition in the document. First overt Huju competition in the document. Sinead versus Elizabeth. Whose Huju is better? What'd you say?
0: Oh, Sinead. 100% Sinead. Just in terms of like raw hooju, like context Mm -hmm. aside from what's going on in the house and who hates who and all of that, just Huju to Huju, pound for pound, Sinead takes that one for sure. In my opinion. (laughs) What do you think?
1: Of course, it's the subjective sport. So uh, another subjective sport is this group date. The competition Ugh. is won by the lady that gave it her all, who is Gabby, winning for her comedy chops. And she and Clato win this play for time to make out up on the lifeguard tower.
0: And when they are running up a hill. Did you notice this? They don't black box, Gabby. They paint in extra red swimming suit around her butt to cover whatever they need to cover. And this is very important because if they're going to give you a fool edit or a villain edit, you get a black box. Or if they don't care about you, you can sometimes get a black box if it's just like we actually need to cover that. It can be functional. Yeah. But if they do this to you, if they paint in bikini where none existed... You are going for a deep run. Gabby is definitely top four. Definitely.
1: I noticed the swimsuit as well and had this exact same thought. I was like, this is a reverse black box. This is the yeah. one where you're not trying to put shame on the person.
0: I don't have her in my top four either. I want to change it now. That thing made me think like, she's definitely hometown.
1: I don't either. Who is your top four? We should check in with that.
0: My top four was Susie Evans, Rachel Reckia. Serene Russell and Kate Gallivan who's no longer with us. I know.
1: Mm, you got one out now. Well, <laughs> mine went out during precasting apparently. So my updated top 4 <laughs> is Susie Evans, Eliza Izichi, Sarah Hamrick, all still in there and then I replaced my Person who didn't make it in the game with Genevieve Parisi, I kind of want to replace her again with Gabby Windy. Uh,
0: Gabby is definitely going to hometowns. I'm telling you, the painted bikini is like you're in. They have to protect her. They have to make her look as good as possible. No black boxes for her. They'll go in and I mean, it was a Mm -hmm. shitty job of painting the bikini on too. Like I think everyone who saw it recognized it. There's they're not you know they're not fooling anyone, but it's the detail that is put into this the effort that goes into it a black box is just Mm -hmm. like a fucking click black box that has to be like basically put in with little key art and shit
1: the black box versus the painted bikini
0: it's a big thing You know, Jojo Fletcher got it on Higgins season. On her boob. On a one-on-one date, I believe. I don't even think it was. Or fuck, maybe it was Fantasy Suites.
1: She got one on her boob during Fantasy Suites. I hate that I remember that.
0: Sitting by that waterfall. (laughs) I remember it too. I can see it in my fucking head. It's in there. The image of it. Oh, God. I know. That's what we are now. What's
1: happened to us? Portion nine, they go to another cool LA location, Clifton's, for the group date after party.
0: And as they walk into Clifton's cabinet of curiosities, we see a buffalo behind a glass wall. And this buffalo is not strutting his stuff because he is a stuffed animal. He is a taxidermy dead buffalo, but nonetheless, he is my (laughs) creature of the week. (laughs) This buffalo represents us, America. Buffaloes are a symbol of America, and here this one is motionless, sitting behind the other side of a glass wall, just as we are, as we watch this group date. That buffalo is us, looking through its own screen to see this group date. I felt like it was a true reflection of the fourth audience. Beautiful. Thank you.
1: Gone but not forgotten. Yes. Just like the fourth audience. Clayton comes in. He's wearing a notable leather jacket. Everyone comments on it.
0: All I could think of was one Pablo on that group date where they had to sing on stage in a mall and he had that weird leather like cowl thing on.
1: Well, you have to do boulder fashion for K-pop and you also have to do boulder fashion for Clifton's. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, this is going to be my dead animal uh, debut. And... We see some interesting one-on-one time for Rachel Rekia, who she's not quite doing a make me stay here, but it's like leading up to that a little bit. Mm-hmm. She's saying, are we playing hard to get? I haven't seen you since the last group date. And other people are saying, like, I'm getting validated. It scares me. She's looking for a little validation here. Yes.
0: I thought this was a strong play. I think asking for validation on a group date, you're basically asking for the group date rows here. And if you can link mm-hmm. some tears to this, which she does not do, or even if you can link a PTC to it, like the stronger validation ask play comes right after a PTC. You say, this happened to me and it makes me feel this type of way. I have trouble opening up or whatever. What I really need from you to be able to overcome the wall associated with my PTC is some validation. That has a better chance of getting you a group date rows than just this straight outright like request. In my opinion.
1: Clayton says to not pay attention to the other people. And she says, it scares me because our connection feels so good. She's love level wanting him. And he mirrors that back. I think we have a phenomenal connection. And they make out. We then get to Gabby's one-on-one time. And Clayton reveals that he has no idea that Gabby has been playing the colorful narrator this whole season. He says, you made this group date a lot more fun because of your quirkiness. And she says, it's always that. And he says, that's you 24 seven. And she says, I have layers, but I was concerned. How is your sunburn? I have something for you to help, but you have to take off your shirt. And she reveals that she has some aloe. And, Gabby Wendy getting Clayton Eckard to do a voluntary nudity play at the group date after party was my play, 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 play of the game. Gabby knows that she has shown she already got the group date win, which means she's won over the third audience. She knows that she is getting in some of those zingers in the colorful narration they're probably asking her to come in for the ITMs more than anyone else and right here she is leaning into her brand of this quirkiness but it's also sexy so it's funny but she's also giving him a massage and she says I'm sexing it up and he says very sexy 10 out of 10 and she says you're welcome and they get a kiss and ultimately she does get the group date rose from this. I think she's going to have a huge Instagram number after this week because of her play this week. And I just, I thought it was phenomenal.
0: I completely agree with you.
1: And obviously helped by the third audience. They gave her the yellow.
0: That to me was the most important part of it. It's that she is showing us in this moment she can now wield the power of the third audience and only one or two players get to do that a season especially a player like her like Susie Evans is wielding it in a way that is like making her untouchable this is different Mm
1: -hmm. you don't get your own suite but you get props
0: (laughs) yeah exactly Gabby (laughs) Wendy is still sleeping in the bunk beds but they're also giving her things to be like why don't you go in on your one-on-one time on your group date and rub this shit on him and take off his shirt or whatever
1: Mm -hmm.
0: like she's a producer favorite a hundred percent this proved it And she played it well. She not only is getting producer favor, she's using it correctly, using it to the highest ability that she can. And
1: we've seen countless massages on the mini dates during various bachelor and bachelorette seasons. It is a good strategy for isolation because if anybody comes to steal, they will feel like they're walking into something uncomfortable.
0: Totally. And then it's on them. You just played off like, I'm just focusing on my relationship with them. You know, I'm sorry if you had to see Mm -hmm. that, but like, good luck to you. Go talk to him. You deserve that.
1: Wow, I feel calmed and like I'm not going to tattle on you. It's so weird.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but the group date roses in plain view for all the other players. The women all prejudge Shanae, saying that if they don't get time with Clayton, they know why, and it's her. So they're already fists are up. They're already ready to fight her. Nothing has really happened yet. Of course, it's about to. Then we see Shanae's one-on-one time. She loved level ones right out the gate. She likes what she sees in him. And then she tattles on Elizabeth, saying that their issue is not resolved. She feels bullied by her. She love-level-ones him again after that, the positive reinforcement right after this negative story. And then she doesn't want to leave because she feels uh, something strong with him. And we hear the score come in. It's like strings in the background it's like a horror movie score almost under her and they've played it a couple of other times which i find pretty interesting but she tears here and she says she doesn't want to be there in the house sometimes because she feels victimized he uses the word victimized which is a strong play and then he tells her not to be in her head about it and just leans in and they start making out so he's trying to allay the whole situation by just being like, don't think about this let's kiss.
1: We continue to hear that score. And I don't normally notice sound famously. And I noticed it here. And I was like, oh, we are at the villain moment. And She ITMs. Oh, my God. He believed me. I have him. I was good. Holy fuck. I was good. I didn't mean to cry, but I cried. Ha. Like she's super happy with herself that she was able to produce tears. I never felt so confident and happier. She gives two middle fingers up. Fuck Elizabeth. And then we don't go out on fuck Elizabeth. We cut to another shot. A creature, a four-legged creature, but it is, is it one that we think is good? No. It's a dead <laughs> wolf, which automatically represents evil. This dead wolf, it's not some sort of establishing shot for Clifton's, like some sort of civilian buffalo. No. This wolf is closing out the portion. This wolf is representing Shanae, who's going to feast upon the lamb of Elizabeth. But we are also the wolf because we are also feasting. And that's why this wolf was my... (laughs) Creature of the week.
0: Well said. Thank you. You know, all dogs come from wolves. Just a fact. Portion 10 begins. We're back at the after party. We see another shot of a taxidermy creature. This one's a raccoon. And then we get some one-on-one time with Elizabeth. Clayton goes right for it. He brings up Shanae and tells Elizabeth that uh, Shanae said she was feeling bullied and that the whole house feels like a toxic environment. And she told him that she felt her mental health is wavering because of the interaction between her and Elizabeth. And he wants to hear Elizabeth's side too. Elizabeth says you can speak with anybody in the house and find out that she's lying, basically. And Elizabeth says that she is kind and she is an adult. She produces tears. And she says she's been nothing but kind to Shanae and that all of this is fucked up. And then Clayton ITM's confusion about what's really going on here. And this is very often a scenario that will come up where two players are in some kind of argument. One is saying one thing, the other is saying the other, and the lead is trapped in the middle. The producers will never offer the lead help. We've learned that from podcasts, too. They're never going to show you footage. They're never going to tell you anything. You have to figure this shit out for yourself. That is part of what the lead must do.
1: We then see Lindsay produce tears, and she says, have I been a bully? And so we are left to believe that there was some part of this that is cut out in which Shanae has also tattled on Lindsay and said that she is bullying her alongside Elizabeth. And Sinead says, do you come up and talk to me? Certain people are nice to me. Elizabeth said, I do. I said, do you want some shrimp? And Sinead says, I don't trust you. When you're around, people are bullying me. And Elizabeth's like, I'm the only person on your mind when you talk to Clayton. Sinead says, you're fake. You're two-faced. I'm done. I'm done. Talk to yourself about it. And then Clayton comes in and says, I had a really good day. The rose goes <laughs> to someone who surprised me tonight with stepping out of their comfort zone and showing me their true colors. That goes to Gabby. Shanae, Itms. Gabby gets the rose for being a 12-year-old cheerleader. Get those mean girls out of the house so I could be me.
0: And that conversation that Elizabeth gets into with Shanae, where Elizabeth starts fighting with her, was my... Error, 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 error of the game. Elizabeth here, she's in an interesting position before this moment. She, I think, can come out of this and float a little way. She might make it to top six. That's what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. After I see this, I know she's not going to. She took the bait. Shanae is playing a game. We, we know that outright. She's openly admitting it in her ITMs. Part of that game is to get other players agitated, especially ones that she's in a rivalry with. She does it here to Elizabeth. Elizabeth should have not engaged in that at all, but instead she gets into a bit of a bickering match with her, and it's not going to end well because now that rivalry is established, now you've got producers basically asking you only about Shanae every time you have an ITM. You have producers making you talk to Shanae, be in situations with Shanae, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think Elizabeth has probably hung herself out to dry here.
1: You do have to establish your connection early. And if you're not establishing your connection in one of the first four times that you're talking to Clayton, I mean, she says only one out of the four times we've talked has been about like who they are as people as opposed to Shanae. You're not going to have longevity. Then we get uh, some more villainous ITMs to close out this episode. Sinead saying she's not going to make me lose because of her lying fucking ADHD ass. I'm here to win. Bye.
0: At least she's honest. And then we see next week, Sinead is going to (laughs) be elevated to a higher level of villainy. There are going to be some fights. The shrimp are going to be back. There's going to be forced violence on a tackle football date. Some steals. And we're going to see Sinead takes somebody's trophy, who I assume whoever wins that football group date and just slings it into the darkness. (laughs) And then we get a title card at the tag in loving memory of Clint Arliss, who just died this past week. We covered that in our twibbon from last week. And then we get some footage from the Baywatch date that we didn't get to see in the main cut. The women are dragging this dummy out of the sea and everybody's making fun of them. And that is the third episode of season 26 of The Bachelor. Who was your MVP, Pace Case?
1: For her... Colorful narration for leaning into her free spirit slash clown archetype style for her aloe vera massage play. Gabby Windy was my MMMMVP.
0: Gabby be windy was also my P. she really turned up the juice this week we knew she was a good player we knew she had some face play capabilities we knew she had some colorful narrator capabilities tonight We saw what she can do with these things for real. We saw what a high-level player with the backing of the third audience is capable of. We're getting uh, group date Rose wins. We are getting producers giving you aloe vera and helping you get a (laughs) moment uh, where the lead is shirtless and you're rubbing on him. This is fantastic play from her. And again, that bikini being painted on her, I think she's top four now because of that. That one thing Mm -hmm. has convinced me.
1: I'm also convinced. I'm switching out Genevieve for that. My fourth slot, which is uh, changes every week.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. That is our breakdown of tonight's big game. And thanks again to everybody who has bought our book, pre-order or otherwise. And we'll continue to check it out. Hopefully, we we really mm-hmm. hope that you guys like the book. We put an intense amount of work into this thing. I think. For me personally, it was more work than I've ever put into a creative project in my life, like hands down.
1: Oh, me too. It's, yeah, it's more work than I've put into a single project ever. But it was, you know, enjoyable for the most part. And yeah, I'm really appreciative of everyone who has ordered it and who has tagged us on it. It's, it's like, I it brings tears to my eyes seeing people like posting that they're getting their books and yeah, like reading it and... Uh, It's just great.
0: Please feel free to, as you're getting more books, keep posting them. And if you want to make videos of you reading them and shit, I'll literally watch every one. Like, I I love that Mm -hmm. shit, too, because I like to see that this thing that has given us a lot of joy over the past couple of years and certainly taken us in some weird directions in terms of how we view it and analyze it.
1: (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) analyzing Jojo Fletcher's bikini during this episode. (laughs)
0: I'm just saying, I I hope that people enjoy what is in it as much as we enjoyed putting the stuff in it that is in it.
1: Yeah. And if you are like, if you don't like books, the physical ones, it's also an audiobook and we did record the audio for it. There won't be like, uh, you know, Nick Vial jingle noises, unfortunately, but we'll have some of the same tone as this podcast.
0: Some of the same tone. And I believe it's around 12 hours long, roughly.
1: What? 12? Oh my gosh, that's a lot. I think so. You can up the speed. We won't be offended.
0: (laughs) But again, thanks everybody. And uh, we will be back on Friday with this week in Bachelor Nation where we'll be breaking down all the biggest news stories and parasocial plays and talking about the ratings of tonight's game as well as how how these players' Instagrams uh, have been affected by what they did in-game. And I agree with you. I think Gabby Wendy is going to have an explosive week on Instagram.
1: Absolutely. I would be surprised if she wasn't the number one gain, despite not being on a one-on-one date. I mean, it'll probably be Susie again somehow. (laughs) Susie's absence beat them all. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, Merry Second Christmas to all and to all. A pit night.
0: Pretty good. And before we go, as always, what is that (laughs) Dwa? It has been
1: 7,246 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved game.
0: Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Now you've heard me talk about Quince on this program before. I love Quince. I am right now, head to toe, dressed in Quince. I got their shirts, I got their pants, I got everything from Quince. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen, under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags and 14-karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're going to have them in that closet forever. Unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. (laughs) I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco friendly fabrics and finishes, so you can feel good about getting high quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365 day returns. quince.com slash roses. who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough, not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website. And these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well, if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge who's going to use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious award-winning varieties from rosés to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences, on those questions you answered. These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus... Every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice. So it takes all the guesswork out. I love reconnecting with friends and family over bottles of First Leaf wine. And I bet you'll feel that way too. So give First Leaf a try. Head over to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to sign up and save 50% on your first six hand curated bottles plus free shipping. That's T-R-Y. F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses to save 50% on your first six bottles plus free shipping. Try firstleaf.com slash roses.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.